Hi there, I'm Allison Hazelden, former child actor turned marketing consultant who eventually found her way back to acting. Now I'm pursuing my acting career while also teaching other creatives how to market themselves too. Here we talk about the mental, emotional, social, and business aspects of the entertainment industry that they didn't teach you in school. Think of me as your personal cheerleader, lovingly honest business coach, and yogi friend all mixed into one. I'm inviting you to join my circle of friends, both new and old, as we navigate the industry together. This is the It's a Slate of Mind podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of It's a Slate of Mind. I'm your host, Allison Hazelden, and I'm excited to be bringing you guys another amazing recording from a live clubhouse room that we did a few weeks ago um, for Beyond Acting. So this is a live recording, and as always with these sorts of podcast episodes, the audio isn't super great because of the nature of clubhouse being on my phone. But just bear with me because the information is so freaking good, guys. I was in this room with two other moderators, Alex Collins, who is the co-founder of Beyond Acting and a very successful working actor here based in the Atlanta market, as well as our friend, Lauren Buyoli, who has been on the podcast before. She is amazing. Um, and she is also a working actor now based in the Atlanta market. She's also a teacher at the Arvold Studios from er- casting director Erica Arvold. And she is just an absolute delight. And she, um, Alex, and myself have actually all three worked in other markets um, in the US and actually outside of the US as well. Lauren um, worked in the London market for a while, Um, but all three of us now work in the Atlanta market for three years to about 15 years, I believe. Um, So this episode is awesome, and you're getting the perspective from three different working actors. All three of us are in very different typecasts and have had very different paths, but um, we all have something unique to bring regarding the working actor's experience in the Atlanta market specifically. So if you have been thinking about Atlanta, considering making the move, know that you're going to be making the move soon, or maybe you just arrived in Atlanta and you don't know where to start, you're feeling a little bit lost, this is the episode for you. We're talking all things Atlanta, acting, industry. So it's really exciting and I think you guys are going to love it. Um, But if you already know that you need a little bit more extra help or want to get that extra leg up when it comes to your acting career in Atlanta, I have something for you that I'm going to mention before we get into the episode because it's so, so crucial. Um, So Beyond Acting has a course called the 10 Steps to Break into the Atlanta Market. And it is an amazing class taught by Alex Collins, completely virtual. You can access it from anywhere in the world at any time of day and go through it at your own pace, but it's going to set you up in a deep dive of success. Um, We don't even cover all the topics that are in, in this podcast episode that are included in that course. So if you know that you're moving to the Atlanta market and you want to make sure that you start out on the right foot and literally start building your career in Atlanta before you even move there, then you need to get into the 10 steps 
um, class. It's amazing. So if you want to get more info on that or sign up, head over to my website, alisonhazelden.com slash 10 dash steps. And um, that's going to give you everything that you need to know. I'm super pumped about it. But without further ado, let's dive on into this episode. Hey, if you've been listening to this episode and you realize that social media and marketing is something that you want to learn more about for your acting career, I have the perfect way to jump on in completely for free. On July 19th, 2021, I'm hosting a completely free Instagram Reels challenge. I'm so excited about it. It's something that you guys voted for, wanting to learn more about over in my stories on Instagram. And so I'm bringing it to you. This challenge is absolutely free and it's going to be a few days long and you're going to learn some tips and tricks to make uh, video content and reels and TikToks so easy. And by the end of the week, you will have created your very own reel on Instagram that is not only fun, but actually strategic for your career. I'm so excited to teach you everything that I know about Instagram reels. Um, I know you're going to love it. So if you want to be part of the Beyond Acting Instagram reels challenge, make sure that you go over to Instagram at Beyond Acting. Go to our account there, click the link in bio, and click the very first um, option that comes up to get your name on the list for the challenge. You have to be on this list to join the challenge. Um, Otherwise, you won't be able to access the free trainings. So make sure that you sign up. Go to Instagram, at Beyond Acting. Sign up to join the Instagram Reels Challenge. It starts July 19th. I'm so excited. All right, back to the episode. We have a bit of a mixed room here, so I would love if you could just share some of our Atlanta highlights to kind of give folks who maybe are completely unfamiliar with our market an idea of kind of who we are and and what we're all about here. Yeah, no problem. I I think it's a little bit of a misnomer that Atlanta is a new market or a minor market. Atlanta has always had a connection to Hollywood. I mean, Gone with the Wind was shot here and premiered at the Fox Theater in 1939. That's where its world premiere was. Not in in Hollywood, not in New York, in Fox Theater Atlanta, 1939. So that was sort of, you know, really the genesis of our business. And in the 70s and the 80s, we had a lot of like, niche TV shows in the heat of the night, Dukes of Hazard, other things like that. And so there was quite a strong pedigree in Atlanta with a small group of really talented people and committed professionals. And there was a very, very strong commercial industry here in the 80s and the 90s as well. And then North Carolina in the 90s and the early 2000s started getting more aggressive and they built a studio. And that's where shows like Dawson's Creek were filmed and One Tree Hill and I Know What You Did Last Summer was shot there and a lot of other stuff. So North Carolina has really been crushing it since the 80s and 90s. Fast forward to 2008, obviously Hollywood is all about the economics first and foremost. And in 2008, Georgia passed uh, the first of its really comprehensive tax subsidies, which were very aggressive compared to other states. There were other states like Louisiana, North Carolina, Florida, Michigan that were all doing the same sort of things, but they all had one thing uh, baked into their tax subsidies that were a problem. It's called a sunset clause. And that meant every two years or so, 
the tax credits would expire. And that meant that the state legislature in that state had to extend the credits every two years for another two years, another two years, another two years. And the way the law was written in Georgia, it never had to do that. There was no sunset clause. So that means the government would actually have to pass another law canceling the law on the books. And that's going to be a really difficult political chess piece for a governor or a legislature to get passed when you look at the dollars and cents. We are the number one feature film destination in the world. We are the number three overall production hub. I was speaking with Jason Lockhart, who runs the film and TV department at AMT, Atlanta Models and Talent, the oldest SAG franchise agency in Atlanta. Uh, on Sunday, and he he had just ran it by me that there are 68 projects in production today in Atlanta, 68. So we are crushing it. We are very COVID focused here and everybody's getting tested and all that sorts of stuff, but we are very busy. Now, in Atlanta, there are 28 SAG-AFTRA or ATA, NATR franchised agencies. So there is a lot of diversity in terms of talent agencies. They run the gamut from huge agencies with several hundred or even a thousand people on the roster down to very boutique small agencies with 50 or 60 talent on their roster. Here's what's changed. Five years ago, if you were not based in this market, boots on the ground, but you had a really strong resume, you could get an agent here. If you were in LA and you had some good credits, but you wanted to be repped in the Southeast and maybe your uncle lived in Atlanta, you could get an agent here. That is getting much more complicated now. Agents are getting anywhere between 700, 1,000, 2,000 submissions a month from actors looking for representation. Everyone from hey, I was a series regular on this soap for three years and I just moved to Atlanta to, hey, I'm brand new and I'm in Atlanta. So what that really means is, is agents have the pick of the litter now. So if you don't have current training, if you don't have a kick-ass package, and I would use the third variable and say, if you are not here, it's going to be really difficult for you to get representation at this juncture. Not impossible, but it's not going to be easy. So that's sort of our industry snapshot in a little bit of a, a, a nutshell right now. Love it. Thank you so much, Alex. That was super comprehensive and um, very easy to understand, which I know <laughs> we all appreciate. So thank you. Um, so to maximize your time, Alex, I think what we'll do, and just for everyone in the room so that you know kind of like our uh, events of today, how about let's talk a little bit about um, like industry trends headshot trends, um, things like that right now. And then we'll take some questions um, from the room. And then after that, we can move on to talking about, you know, some of the lifestyle, um, you know, where to live, cost of living, how it works from the actor perspective, side jobs, all those kinds of things. How does that sound? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Where, where should we start? Where should we start? Um, let's start. I would love to start with like headshots because I remember that was one of the biggest kind of learning uh, jumps for me coming from an, an industry that, you know, LA headshots and, and Orlando kind of follows the LA headshot style. So when I moved here, that was a huge learning curve for me um, just to have that shift and that reflection of um, the way we cast here is really different um, from other markets. So should we start with that? Yeah, for sure. I, I think the, the, Overarching philosophy behind headshots, regardless of which market you are in, is that it is the one physical variable in your toolkit 
that is 100% under your control. So don't have your Uncle Bob shoot your headshots. Don't put your own iPhone with the selfie camera on a tripod and shoot your own headshots. It is a very tailored skill. Is it going to be an investment? Yes, it is. So is training. If you want to be a professional, you have to invest in yourself. And there are a spectrum of prices in terms of headshots in this market and in other markets. In LA and in New York, it's not uncommon if you're shooting with the top headshot photographer to pay over $1,000 for a session. Now, here in Atlanta, it shouldn't be anywhere near that. Oh, God, no. Excellent excellent headshot photographers in the 200 to 300 dollar range and then that will shoot up if you're doing an additional look also it'll shoot up if you're paying for uh hair and makeup which, which you should in most cases you should be <laughs> yeah absolutely um and there are photographers now because of the prevalence obviously of the internet and social media and other photographers posting portfolio examples that there are more photographers here now that have an LA trend to them Mm -hmm. or an LA vibe to them. Uh, There are different photographers who prefer studio shots and studio lighting, others that use natural lighting. There's no right or wrong, but what I advocate every actor to do is look at at least three to five headshot photographers, research them, research their price points, research their website. And if you get a rapport for them, if you talk to them, or if you get a good feeling based on their work, that's great. Then talk to your friends, talk to your peers in class. If there's someone in your class whose headshot you love, ask them who they shot with. And then add that to your list of research. Um, and in terms of how frequently you should be shooting headshots, that's age specific. If you're in the teen market or young adult market, you are changing constantly. You should be shooting at least once a year. If you're an old gray timer like Lauren, wait, I mean, then you can get away with extending that. You might only need to shoot twice, uh, once every couple of years, unless your look is drastically changing or you're, you know, you're getting seven inches cut off your hair. Um, but that's, that's sort of it for headshots. Uh, Lauren, what else, what else yeah. do you, you see there? Um, I think finding a photographer that you really love who, uh, has their vision, but also listens, having an understanding, um, whether it's so, a little plug for Alex Collins. When I first moved to Atlanta, I sat down with him and talked about my type and talked about what I wanted to put out there in terms of knowing what kind of roles I'd be playing and then talking to the photographer about that and recognizing that they're an artist who's going to do their thing, but having, um, you know, I love Josh Stringer, so shameless plug for him and he's an investment, but in my mind was worth every penny. Um, So he helped me find headshots and looks that were going to help me market myself in in a way that um you know allows me to play a murderer and then also a mom so there you go (laughs) or a murdery mom both (laughs) or or you know dream big a murdery mom it's coming I know, I know, I know something like that might be coming for you soon. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think that's exactly, um, the, the right philosophy. And, and I think a lot of those tips apply for every single market. Um, I do find that, you know, and we've had this discussion before and I, and I think that this is evolving as our market is evolving, right? So a lot of people think of Atlanta and Atlanta definitely started out 
as very much a supporting market, right? Like we're filling in those co-stars. We're filling in those side characters. Um, and they're bringing in a lot of the main talent from, from out of town. And that is shifting and that is changing. And that is not a hard set rule. But I do think that, you know, a lot of the times, especially for certain typecasts and certain looks, like we are so zeroed in with making sure that those typecasts are clearly visible, very easy for casting to pin us on and get us in there quickly just because of how quickly TV moves and because we are that supporting kind of mentality still. I, I noticed that um, kind of just like the, really highlighting those specific types, especially with some of those like nurse roles, cop roles, um, really seems to be a must-have non-negotiable here, whereas other markets, uh, I feel like folks tend to have differing opinions on that. What do you think, Alex and Lauren? Yes, uh, but that doesn't – please don't misinterpret that, people in the room, to say, I'm going to shoot wearing scrubs. Yeah, don't wear a costume. uniform with a badge. No, it's not, it's not that. Because occupations are people's entry point into the market, but after they take off their uniform, they're still a human being, right? And so actors bring certain essences to the table where maybe, maybe their essence is nurturing or maternal. Well, that's perfect for a nurse or um, a, an elementary school teacher or a small bakery owner or the lady who runs the floral department at Home Depot, right? The through line is maternal and that's going to manifest in whatever pictures you're shooting, right? Okay, I'm, I'm maternal, but I'm blue collar maternal. I, I'll put, put my arm around you and take you under my wing, that sort of thing. It's not I'm going to put scrubs on a stethoscope on. Yeah. And if I can piggyback off that, I think it's also, you know, talking to your reps and seeing what they don't have that you, that you need. Um, you know, I, I just went through, I had a lot of glam shots, but I don't look like that all the days of my life. So having, I just got some shots taken that are like very stripped down. So especially for ladies, you know, it's, it's, I think it's smart to start when you're working with your makeup artist to say like, okay, maybe let's get a couple, you know, natural, um, that maternal shot that Alex is talking yes. about and then build, um, from there. Cause it, it can, you can fall into that trap of having too much makeup and then you can't necessarily play the waitress, you know? Right. And I think that's something that I know from at least my experience coming from, you know, LA based, information and headshots prior to here, like I was wearing so much makeup even as a child in my headshots. And that's just, I think, more of that flavor and that style and and that's evolving as well, I think, which is great. Um, but that's definitely something that like you can't have all beautiful, perfect photos of you in the Atlanta market. Like that's just not going right. to fly. <laughs> No, we, we, we are home to a heck of a lot of one-hour dramas, and one-hour dramas are a mirror of society, right? And a lot of that is going to be less than glamorous. I mean, look at Ozark, look at Walking Dead, look at The Resident. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of conflict in all of that stuff. And I think I'm generalizing here a little bit, but in the South, it's sort of a running joke that I don't leave the house without putting my face on. You know, and so for those women who are strong enough to lean into their natural being and, and, and ease back on the makeup and ease back on the hair being fully done. And there's a right way to do that with a photographer and a makeup artist and a hairstylist, as opposed to like really looking like you just came straight from the bar. That's a different thing. 
Um, but we need those more natural headshots. And especially when you, when you reach a certain age in the Atlanta or Southeastern market, that can become even more of a compelling entry point for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on that note, I think I'm going to reset the room really quick. If anyone's listening and you have a question, um, particularly for Alex, he's going to have to leave a little bit earlier today. So um, please uh, think about those questions, raise your hands, and we'll get you on deck for that. Um, for those of us who joined us a little bit later, um, I'm Allison Hazelden. I am one half of Beyond Acting. Um, we provide resources and education for actors about all of those things that you did not learn in school. Um, I'm joined today by my co-founder, Alex Collins, and our special guest panelist, Lauren Buyoli. Um, We are all actors based in the Atlanta market. And today we are talking a lot about all the different nuances of being an actor in this market. So um, I see we have a question from Lo. Hello, can you hear me? We can, yeah. How okay, are you? This is my first time speaking on Clubhouse, um, but thank you for all the information. It's so helpful. So I'm an actor based in Louisiana, and I have been acting here for a while. I spent some time in LA as well, and I'm really trying to break into the Atlanta market. So my question is, I know a lot of casting directors do pull from a regional talent pool. So what's the best way to break in to the Atlanta market if you're located in the Southeast? Mm, it's it, okay. So everything we talk about today is going to have the asterisk of COVID with it, yeah. right? At this time, it's really going to be difficult because no one wants to travel in anybody and expose additional people to a potential positive test. You've got to either drive yourself in or you've got to fly yourself in or, or get flown in. And that's just added logistics. So people are trying to circle the wagons and bring people in within there are some folks, uh, uh, some breakdowns are saying, hey, within 50 miles only, not even 500, within 50 miles. COVID notwithstanding, however, you've got to look at a few things. Um, episodic television moves so fast that even without COVID, you could get an audition breakdown that goes out on a Monday and the person needs to be on set on Thursday, which means they need to do a fitting on Wednesday, which means the tapes are going to go really fast. So casting may not ever send out the breakdown to all the agents in the Southeast. They might not send it to all 28 agents in Atlanta. They might just send it to a half a dozen agents that they want to send it to. So not being boots on the ground will always work against you. Unless you can figure out something that is a competitive advantage and a differentiation entry point onto a particular roster. Maybe that's your language skills. Maybe that's weapons. Maybe that's you're doing your, you've done a bunch of stunt work. You got to think about what's going to separate you low. And that's going to be your entry point in your cover letter, coupled with hopefully a referral from an actor on that roster. That's the best way to do it. Couple that with then persistence and repetition. So if you don't hear anything the first time, three or four months later, you're submitting again. Three or four months later, you're submitting again. Um, that is just sort of the nature of the business when you're not truly local. Does that help to some degree? Yes, it definitely helps. Um, so currently, I am repped for the Southeast. My agent is based in Louisiana, but she does submit throughout Atlanta. And in the past, I was with uh, the People Store branch in New Orleans before 
they closed that down back in 2016. Um, so I'm kind of covered. I'm, I'm covered on re representation right now, but I guess I'm more wondering as far as the casting offices, how to how to get those self tapes and auditions. Yeah, I mean, the, the best thing about our casting community in the Southeast is they're really warm and uh, welcoming and communicative. And all of them are on social media, either Twitter or Instagram. And if it's Twitter, it's directly a professional relationship. So if they post something, you can tweet it, retweet it, recomment it, whatever you want to do. If it's Instagram, be, be a bit more sparing because some of them merge their professional and their personal. Raven Drummer for Tyler Perry, for example, she does her actor minute Mondays. You can always engage with her on there. Uh, Chase and Tara are always reposting stuff on Twitter. That is a really good way. Mm -hmm. There's also Get Seen Studios, which does casting director workshops. You want to, you don't want to just throw spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks, but you want to target which are your five bullseye target shows and reverse engineer who are the main two casting directors on that, and then go for them in those workshops, and that will help you. Yeah. Can I piggyback off of that, Alex? All. Thank you. So, Lo, um, you're doing everything you should be doing. You've got reps, you're, you know, you're plugging away. I think Alex's point to when I first moved to Atlanta, I worked at Get Seen and I did exactly what he was saying because that's Alex sat down with me and set up a strategy. And I'll say again, Alex does this like he has consults. So I know he probably won't say it, but if you're ever looking for that direction, he's a phenomenal resource. Um, I had those target casting directors and I took their classes and I think a lot of people go into those thinking like, I want them to hire me. And if you go into it thinking this is just another class, this is an opportunity to learn from them, to build a relationship and not, you know, just know that that ultimately pays off. And some of those people like Raven Drummer, she posts her, um, some of the things that she's casting on Actors Access. So, you know, you never know. Like I booked the oval after self-submitting for 60 year old woman, crazy things happen. So like wait, Alex is very wait, practical. Wait, wait, 60? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's okay. supposed to be a 60 year old nurse, but miracles happen. And I think Alex is very practical and I love him for that, but I'm a little bit of the like, just trust that when you're turning out great auditions and you're putting in the work, like it just takes that one. Yes. You know, and then you get momentum. So I'd say self-submit, to whatever you can um, look for those people like Raven Drummer, Erica Arvold, who are who are posting what they're casting on Actors Access, you know, and then shoot your reps an email. And Alex, Allison, disagree with any of this if you think I'm off base, but like, you know, not looking for anything from your reps, but rather like, hey, just wanted to let you know. In the last couple months, this was the class I took with you know Erica Arvold. This is the uh, casting director workshop I took at Get Seen. Hope everything's great. Take care. Just letting letting them know so that when they submit you for you know whatever Raven's casting, they can say, oh, you know, Lo met you at, at uh, Get Seen. Does that make sense, Lo? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. I was going to yeah, of course. Yeah, I would say I love everything Lauren and Alex said, and I'm going to throw in just one more fun fact about this simply because I just saw that Chad Darnell entered the room. So um, I see on your profile that, that you have listed that you're an actress and content creator, and I love that as the marketing person here. Um, so Chad Darnell is, as he has listed in his profile, a recovering casting director, and he's a wonderful multi-hyphenate. Well, Chad ended up casting me in a project um, in the fall of 2019, and I did not know Chad. 
And I, at that time, was not repped at all in the Southeast. And he later told me that he just – he found me on on Instagram and he had – you know, I was engaging in the community and he said, hey, yeah, you were on my radar and I was having a hard time looking for this role. And um, I knew about you because you were really active in the community online and in person. Obviously, at that time, we didn't have COVID. So I would just encourage you to like continue to, you know, network and con- continue to create content and be, you know – an active player in your community and in the Atlanta community, even though you're not here personally, because you never know. You never know who you might meet online. Um, Chad's now a great friend of mine and and all of us. Um, and I just wanted to throw that out there because that's also something that that does happen. I, I want to compliment Lauren. And Lauren, I don't know if you can record this because I, I probably will never compliment you again because that's just how we are. Um, but I, I love that you've essentially retained everything that we talked about because what you just said about emailing your agent is exactly what you and I talked about, about being of service. Not only do actors need to be of service to the script, be of service to the story, be of service to the cast but you need to be of service to your agent. Too many actors have the, the, my agent works for me. No, you guys are a team, okay? Agents do so much work for that 10% commission. And the way you can separate yourself, the wheat from the chaff on your own roster is by being really professional and very succinct when you email them. And so I'm gonna bring it back to Lauren's point, everybody. She shot a quick email. She used the example of shooting a quick email. Hey, I just finished this class. Oh, and I've just added this clip to my actor's access media bucket. Uh, please feel free to use those you know, to pitch me. That's not saying, guys, I wanna be pitched to the resident and I wanna be on the resident. You've just been of service to your agent by providing them two tangible pieces of information or skills that they can now use to market you, which is a really smart thing. Alex, I listened to you, okay? <laughs> it's, it's so surprising. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. Love it. Um, hi, Michael. Welcome. Oh. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Uh, awesome. Well, listen, it's so good to see you guys. And I want to kick things off by saying real quick, Lauren, congrats on your recent booking with uh, working with Madison Hatfield. Uh, she is, yeah, she is, you know, I got to say during COVID, so I'm an Atlanta-based actor and during COVID I had the opportunity to connect with her and she was amazing to talk to as a resource for improv writing and comedic writing. So I'm so happy you had an awesome time working with her. That's fantastic. Thank you. And so good to see you. Thank you. Uh, that actually kind of also really ties into my next question, which is, you know, a, a lot of folks I think on here don't uh, know or haven't really heard that much about how really great that not only it, the Atlanta market is for actors, but it's also really, really great for up and coming filmmakers. You know, people who are trying to do dive into whether it's script writing, directing, cinematography. And I was curious from your experience and Alex, yeah, feel free to chip in too from your experience. But I was wondering, what were some of the best tactics or advice that you ever got in terms of networking with uh, filmmakers within the Atlanta market? And also, how did you go about vetting to find the genuine storytellers? And what I mean by that is like people, uh, directors, writers, people who were in the market who were really gunning to make sure to churn out quality stories and quality work so that in turn you were able to get valuable experience to help build your resume, your reels and portfolio. Oh, can I jump on this? Unless, Michael, you don't want to hear from me, which fair. No, no, this is open to all, all three okay. of you. I'd love to okay. I'd love for you to hear from you 
guys and your feedback on that. Something I'll say, um, in college, a professor told me, remember, this is a, a business of relationships, and you want to be the person, to Alex's point about service, that someone wants to be around for 16 hours a day, right? And I think, like, just, that should, you know, just be a kind human first and foremost, but I'm, I'm looking at this incredible group who's listening in and like take someone like Haley, for example, who I studied with at a studio in Atlanta, who took Madison and Jono's class and then decided, you know what, I'm going to write a role for myself. And she created an incredible short film. Someone like Haley, just knowing who she is and seeing what a go-getter she is. I'm like, if she asked me tomorrow to work with her, I'd be like, you tell me when and where. So I think all that to say, you just you never know who you're going to meet by taking classes. Like Alex teach drama Inc. I've met incredible people there. You never know whose work you're going to see, who, who just resonates with you as a human being. And then they say they might not have experience making films yet, but they've poured their heart and soul into a script. They send it your way. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, I want it. Cause everybody's going to start somewhere. So there are people like, you know, Madison and Jono wrote their first film together. I think, three years ago and they just kept running and they had people you know say yes to their first film right so i don't know if that resonates at all but i think in terms of just building relationships and running with the people who resonate with you as human beings trusting like good human beings are going to be committed to creating art that they care about and ultimately you might you know want to be a part of it i, I hope that resonates Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. I'm going to throw in a few more resources. And then if we have any other questions specifically about the Atlanta market from people not yet in the Atlanta market, I've got about eight minutes left, but I wanted to throw out a few more resources um, specifically on filmmaking and networking and connecting. There are a number of projects. There's a number of groups. There's a number of competitions and they're all for different levels. So do your own research. But in Atlanta, we've got the 48 hour film project in the summer, every summer. It's the second largest of the 48 hour film competitions in the country, second only to Los Angeles. There's a networking event called the Film Bar Mondays, which is excellent. They meet every Monday, obviously not during COVID. Um, Atlanta Film Festival is one of the top 25 film festivals in the world. It's an Oscar qualifying film festival. I recommend everybody volunteer. There's some benefits of volunteering, like getting to participate and be present in certain panels and hearing industry pros speak. Plus, it's a great way to just, you know, shake hands and kiss babies and meet people. There's a networking event that is excellent for folks brand new to the industry called Get Connected. Um, that's usually, I think, every Thursday or the third Thursday of the month. I'm sorry. Uh, the number one resource that people overlook so many times, and Lauren touched on it just a little bit, is your your classmates are a great resource. If you're a great person to be around, if you're a, a good student and just pleasant, somebody's to be like, you know what? I need Lauren in my project. Hey, Lauren, what are you doing next week? We're shooting this thing. Would you like to join us? Sure, I'd love to help out in any way. What I think we need now, we've got a really good thriving indie community. What I think we need now is more union shot projects both shorts but especially features there is a ceiling to the visibility that short films will get and so we need to make more feature films more homegrown feature content and more homegrown union feature content uh jono and madison are excellent uh collaborators and producers uh ruckus and lane sky are amazing and they have incredible films under their belt that are shot on union contracts with amazing union actors here in town and that's how we raise the bar 
here in our market. Absolutely. I love that. Um, just want to give a shout out um, before we get into these last questions. If you are interested in learning more about the Atlanta market, we have a Beyond Acting free guide all about the Atlanta market with so much good info and it's totally free. You can get it in the link in our bio on Instagram at Beyond Acting. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or just want to like dig into more info after this chat, head on over to Instagram at Beyond Acting, click the link in bio and you can get that totally for free. Hello. Hi, Eli. How's it going, Allison? Good. Hello, Welcome Mark. up. How are y'all? How are y'all? Good. Uh, what's your question for us? Hey, so um, I'm really enjoying listening and hearing about the Atlanta market. I'm currently out of state. I currently live in Utah, and I'm going to be boots on the ground in Atlanta in April. Um, the only reason why I'm not there sooner is because I'm currently in a theatrical show in Utah. Not the best for COVID, but we we take our um, we keep we keep. Um, and I was curious. You were talking earlier about a package um, to submit to agents, and I'm. And I'm used to, so in my market right now, I'm auditioning at least once, two times a week. I'm going when I moved to Atlanta. I was curious what your guys' advice and best route to find and get an agent along with what a successful package would look like. That's, that is the uh, million-dollar question for actors, isn't it, Eli? Um I love I love that you're in the Utah market. It is a small cottage industry, but it's it's a, a really good one. One of my favorite people in the world, one of my great students, Sydney Weiss, uh, came from the Utah market, and she is crushing it now. Recurring roles, guest stars, she will be a series regular before too long, and came from the Utah market. So what makes a great package is uh, a few things. Number one, you need to have a professional headshot that is going to be industry competitive in Atlanta. Again, your Uncle Bob is not going to make that headshot sing for, sure. for you. Number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, your industry uh, resume. It needs to be formatted to current industry standards. If you've got background work on there, that ain't industry standard. If you've mm -hmm. got your name of your character on a TV show, that is not industry standard. If you are not highlighting your training, if you're not showing that you are currently training, you are not putting yourself in the best position. Your cover letter is critical. It needs to be short and to the point. You don't want to sell them everything. You just want to tease them to get them interested in taking a meeting with you. The meeting itself will be where you get the opportunity to uh, share a little bit more about what you've been doing. I've looked at, at various actors' cover letters. There's anywhere between 15 and 20 uses of I, me, or my. Whether that's intentional or not, it comes off as incredibly narcissistic and braggy. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that. So what I, what I say and suggest to all actors is when they're writing their cover letter, write it, go away and do something else, come back the next day, trim the fat, cut everything that is non-essential. You can really have a compelling paragraph-long cover letter. They know any actor whose cover letter begins, I'm submitting to you for consideration for representation. Yeah, no kidding. Everybody knows why an actor is sending an agent a cover letter. You don't need to state the obvious, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it seems like common sense, but we make these, these mistakes because we want to look like we're writing a thing. It's not work that way. Mm -hmm. Does that help? Yeah, that does really help. Thank you, Alex. You're so welcome.
Alex, I know you're going to have to go. So um, I'll, I'll jump in, Eli, and just, you know, I know we mentioned Get Seen before, but they offer um, classes with agencies that, you know, it's just go, if you decide to take those classes, going in with um, a mindset that, you know, I'm here to learn. And if it's a good fit, because, you know, finding the right match, it's a bit like dating, right? And that right. you have to make sure that it's a good fit. And, and I think, I say this with the utmost respect, but I think sometimes we as actors put ourselves on a different rung than representation and realizing like you're, you're interviewing them to a certain degree to make sure that it's a good partner partnership that would be mutually beneficial. So just like do your research, look into all the agencies, go down the IMD rabbit, IMDB rabbit hole to see who's your type and who they're represented by in this market. Like if, if there's a certain actor that resonates with you, uh, before I moved to Atlanta, I did, light Instagram stalking from a place of love just to look into people like to find those people to see like oh, they're they're kicking ass you know like okay I'm inspired by this and I think on that note when you do that when you are looking at other people's profiles when you are looking at IMDb remember like they uh, it's there is a it's always a benefit to having an abundance mindset that like you are your only competition and just start doing the research into who might be a good fit and just keep plugging away and self-submit, self-submit, self-submit. I didn't have representation. Um, when I moved here, I kept self-submitting until I booked something and I kept emailing my dream agent and said, Hey, just emailing you from set, you know, just updating you hope that we can meet. And that was the thing that got me to meeting. Yeah. I was so persistence oh, sorry. and patience and, um, yeah, just keep plugging away. And like we said earlier, there's so – like agents are getting so many emails. So have a plan to follow up like several months down the line because chances are they might not have seen your initial email. Obviously, do not spam them. But just know and like have a game plan of, okay, hey, I need to, you know, not expect to be in on my first pitch but not be discouraged by it and have a plan to follow up in six months because things change really quickly here and um, there's also just – a huge influx of submissions. So things do tend to get lost in the shovel, shuffle every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before, before, before we get to the I want to close off with Eli and say uh, a couple of things. Uh, number one, I'm not always great about talking about the products that, that, that I offer, but if you want to click on our Instagram link, Eli, and, and look at the actor's toolbox, it is a multi-week, multi-module self-guided tour that I created to answer all of those questions that you have specifically. We, we have a few actors in the room who've taken that program and it is a deep dive that will get all of your package in tip top condition, regardless of where you're at right now, the amount of training or the amount of credits or the amount of footage, it will get your package from A to B and get you into a place where you can confidently submit to your agents. It will tell you how to submit. It will give you a strategy. It will tell you kind of how to create your cover letter as well. So take a look at that. And if you, if you or anybody else has any questions, DM us on Instagram and I'm happy to answer those questions for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you, Lauren. You're so Great welcome. Great in your show. Yeah. Thank you as well. Thank you Woo-hoo. as well, Allison. Thanks, Eli. Ah, I love that episode so much. Anytime that I get to um, chat with other amazing actors um, like Lauren and Alex and all of our um, guests who came up to ask us questions. It is always a good day. Um, and we love 
the Atlanta market. I, I hope that you could hear that come through in our voices. We truly love this market. I love seeing how it's grown in the short time that I've been here. Um, and it's grown immensely just in general throughout the history of the industry. So it's really an exciting time for Atlanta. It's an exciting time for actors in general. And um, I hope that this cleared up some of your questions about the market. If you have more, which obviously there is so much to cover about being a working actor in Atlanta that we didn't cover in this session, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, the 10 steps to break into the Atlanta market is the class for you. Um, like I said, there's 10 different sections of the course. We go deep into each of those 10 sections, and it covers everything from the actual craft of where to train, where to self-tape, uh, agents, and your materials and all of that. But it also talks about you know where to live and where to work and survival jobs and networking in town and things like that. So it's going to have you covered from A to Z as your life as an actor in the Atlanta market. And I'm super stoked about it. So head on over to alisonhazelden.com slash 10 dash steps to get all the info and sign up. And uh, on that note, guys, that's it for today's episode. If you want to chat more about this, feel free to head on over to Instagram at Allison underscore Hazelden, or you can check us out at Beyond Acting at Beyond Acting on Instagram. And if you like this episode and you want to, you know, support the show, I'd really appreciate it if you give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and maybe send it to a friend who you think should move to Atlanta with you. That'd be awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I'll catch you on the next one. Have a great rest of your day. We just flew through another episode of the It's a Slate of Mind podcast. Consider that another check off your to-do list today. Want more from the podcast? Get more tips and tricks, free resources, courses, and inspiration at allisonhazelden.com. You can also get connected with the It's a Slate of Mind community on social media at It's a Slate of Mind.